0: Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports for Works podcast on the PackerNet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman. Going to be here uh, talking a little bit about the loss to the Eagles, especially uh, what Jordan Love was able to do coming in, in the fourth quarter uh, for an injured Aaron Rodgers, and just just some general thoughts about the game. And then I, I thought it'd be um, enlightening, helpful to go through and talk about what the Packers could potentially look to do now that they're basically out of the playoffs. I know that they still got like a 1% or 2% chance to some or something to make it. I mean, they're not gonna, the, 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 the path is just going to be too hard. And I expect them to, you know, lose, lose some more games. Um, though I think they will beat the bears this week. Um, but yeah, just, just to kind of start out just general thoughts about the Eagles game. I mean, there were some there were some cool moments. The long Christian Watson touchdown. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers back shoulder, or not back shoulder, uh, back across his body throw to Aaron Jones into the end zone. The A.J. Dillon run was amazing. A.J. Dillon looked awesome in this game. I mean, I don't know if it's just, you know, we're kind of getting into this December. Uh, he He's kind of, getting into his groove a little bit more, but he was running like a, a maniac in the best way possible. It, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, he got hurt, banged up a little bit uh, towards, I think it was towards the second half, um, but he came back in towards the end of the game. So sounds like he'll be all right, but it was fun, fun to see him. Glad he was able to get that touchdown. Uh, he's He hasn't looked as good th- this season. And I've kind of, wondered if it's a little more to do with the blocking than than him regressing just because i think that Aaron Aaron Jones kind of has this unique skill to just create whatever his offensive line gives him i don't think AJ Dillon is as good and as fun of a running back as he is i don't think he has that same skill i think he's more of a gap running back where you know if you get him going downhill if you get him to up to the second level he can break some tackles but he doesn't necessarily have the shiftiness and creativity to you know, dodge a linebacker or spin out of a tackle in the backfield, but it was it was great to see him. You know, I I would expect to ho- hopefully see him can kind of continue that upward trend, especially as the weather gets colder. You know, they go back to lambo for some games. um uh The the other thing, I mean, the run defense. I mean, what 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 else is there to say about it? They allowed over three hundred yards. It, just absolutely insane numbers. I mean. I haven't had a chance to go back and look at the the, uh, all 22 in detail, but I'm expecting, you know, it's probably going to be a mix of both guys being out of position in terms of, you know, run fits as well as guys just being beaten. Um, You know, people pointed out there's, you know, there's some questionable effort going on from some of the, some of the players. I mean, it's just all bad. And it sucks. I mean, the 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 one bright spot I think is Rudy Ford. He seems to play with a lot of effort. He obviously had the forced fumble that Quay Walker uh, returned for a near touchdown. But there's just not a lot of positives from the defense, which kind of you know sucks for a unit that was so hyped coming into the year. It's kind of it sucked all year. Um, I mean, not the defense; it's been okay at times, but just the this divide between the expectations. And the results have been really disappointing. Um, I will throw out Quay Walker, I thought, had some good hustle moments where he he laid some big hits, you know, chasing after the ball. So that was good to see. Um, But, yeah, as a whole, just the defense. I, I think it – well, we'll talk about Joe Barry and what, what's going to happen with him, but I, I kind of feel like it needs a bit of a cultural reset in the offseason. It's, it's more than just, I think, one component. I think there's some different stuff that needs to happen um, for them to get back on track. Um, but kind of the, the big subject I would say, obviously Aaron Rodgers injury, you know, kudos to him. He played super tough. You know, he's already playing through the, the thumb injury. Um, I mean, even him coming back in to, to play through a series or two through that, I think, it was later cleared up. I believe it was a rib injury. They thought even he might even have a punctured lung and he, that's why he was going back for x-rays. Luckily, nothing that bad. Sounds like he'll be able to play through it this week, though. It may not be completely better. Um, but kudos to him. He played, he's a, he's a, he's a tough son of a gun. I'll, I'll give him that, you know, he hasn't played necessarily up to his standard this year, but he's obviously played through a lot and wanted to be out on the field and be, be winning. And so, Uh, that's, that's always cool to see. Always got to have respect for that. Um, but I would say, I mean, Jordan Love coming in, you know, fourth quarter, he looked good. I mean, it wasn't just that there was a one play action, uh, shot to Christian Watson, where it's basically a drift route or a kind of a dig route type, type, uh, concept. And Christian Watson just caught it. Uh, he was wide open and just outran his defender's the defenders for 60 plus yard touchdown. I mean, there's not a whole lot. I would say that's like extraordinary from Jordan Love with that. You'd like to see he had a good process, you know, in the pocket, just knowing where he needed to be Uh, having, you know, good fun, good fundamentals, you know, his footwork and all that was was really good on that play. Um, Just one, one thing that really struck me both on that play and really the entire night is he just was so confident. he knew. You could tell that he knew exactly how how he needed to attack the defense. He knew exactly what the offense was running and how he needed to you know work through that. He just knew where the ball needed to go. And I mean, it's a it's a limited sample size. He only had like nine throws, um, but even that, I mean, it, it felt like a night and day difference from some of the stuff we've seen in the past. And I would say the, the ironic thing is that 60-yard touchdown, you know, it looks great on the box score. I would say that that's not even his, his most impressive throw. I mean, there was one throw he he hit a a hole shot to uh, Aaron Jones down the right sideline against cover two. I mean, that's high-level stuff. Like, he, he saw what the safety, you know, where the safety was, how the corner was playing. He identified that. He knew where he needed to put the ball, and he just you know, he threw a dot. It literally – it basically hit Aaron Jones in like the chest neck area and he just dropped it. Um, but I mean, that is high level stuff in my opinion. And you know, there were, there were plays where he was essentially reading through like a high low concept where he would have like a snag route or kind of a pivot sit route underneath. And then, um, he would have, there would be a dig or a, an in breaking route coming in behind it and essentially what he's doing is he's reading the the overhang defender right if the overhang sit, sits on the pivot route he's going to throw the inbreaker behind it and then if the the um that overhang defender kind of you know gains depth and sinks under the inbreaker he's going to throw the pivot or snag or whatever you want to call it um and he I mean he read those out he threw with anticipation I mean Again, this this is all stuff that's super encouraging to see. I, I think that you know we haven't necessarily seen that kind of stuff from him, and then the, the one throw to the the end zone, ironically, another incompletion, uh, just like the Aaron Jones uh, cover two hole shot, where he you know he's uh, he's scrambling out to his ra- out of the pocket to his right, and he throws back across his body to Randall Cobb, and the defender, you know, I in, in the moment I thought that it was just you know a good well covered play, but the defender actually arrived there uh, a second or two early and probably should have been pass interference. Um if you know that it was right on the right on the money. And normally, you know, quarterbacks, you know, technically aren't supposed to throw back across their body, but when you're throwing with that much accuracy, I mean we see Aaron Rodgers do that all the time. And I'm not saying Jordan Love can necessarily do that all the time but he the, the the thing about him has never been his arm talent the dude has like elite level he has the potential to be an elite level thrower of the football the stuff the, the stuff that was a concern with him coming out was you know inconsistent accuracy um decision making especially the decision making i think was the one of the big things but you know the his arm strength his ability to just throw that throw the ball from different angles was never really in question. It was just kind of consistency and, you know, the mental side of the game. And so, you know, if we see more of that, and I thought that we saw a, a, an improvement in those areas in this game, even in the limited time that he was out there, uh, you know, that's really, really encouraging. And I know that some people have been saying that, you know, oh, it was just prevent defense. I mean, the Packers, when Christian Watson scored, they were within one score of the of the lead, or at least of the tie. Um, it. It's not like the Eagles were up by 20 and they were just, you know, playing drop eight, you cover 4 or whatever. They they legitimately were trying to defend. They were they were trying to stop the Packers. And you know, I think it's impressive that he was able to put on, you know, such a good showing against a defense that was that has been very solid to good throughout the season. There's actually an interesting comment uh Darius Say obviously, you know, Packers know him from playing in the division with the Lions for a bit. But he has a uh, YouTube show, a podcast, uh, where he was kind of talking about the game, talking about Aaron Rodgers, you know, talking about different, you know, trying to tackle AJ Dan. I really recommend it, Um, I believe. I can't remember what the name of it is, but I think if you just search Darius Slay on YouTube or or something like that, uh, you should be able to find it. But he was talking about Jordan Love, and, you know, he had some, like, really high praise for, for love. He was saying, he basically said, you know, the future is bright with this guy. You know, he, it felt, it looked like Aaron Rodgers was in there throwing the ball when he was in there. And I think that's significant. I mean, I don't think that, you know, this guy, he's been, he's played against a bunch of quarterbacks, you know, good quarterbacks. He's played against Aaron Rodgers a bunch of, a bunch of times. Uh, and you know this was this is what I'm prompted. I mean, he didn't have to say any of this. I think that it's it's really interesting and really encouraging that he was he went out of his way to you know really pump up love. Uh, I think that that's that's a, a really promising sign for the future. And now it's there. There's still some you know fuzziness. It's it's hard to say that the Packers, oh, though for sure, move on for Aaron Rodgers because you know his contract. It leaves a lot of dead money, a lot of um, cap constraints if they trade him. Um, And, you know, he's obviously said that he wants to retire in Green Bay. And I believe he, I'm not sure if he has a no trade clause. I I don't get into the, you know, the financial side of of football a whole lot. Um, But I believe he has some measure of control over where he would go if he's traded. So it'll be interesting to see how how that goes, I do know that in the NFL, nothing's ever, well, pretty much nothing is ever impossible when, when it comes to contracts and trades and deals and all that sort of thing. You know, we've seen the Packers even work, you know, do crazy stuff that we've, you know, we said before that they couldn't do and they just, you know, go ahead and do it. And, you know, with, with Howard and Rogers has struggled this year and, you know, there've been, the team has been booed at Lambeau. I mean, it's, I don't know, like maybe he wants to go somewhere else, you know, not to erase his legacy as a Packer, but just to, you know, try to try to win another championship, you know, be able to talk about him going to the Jets. And that that would be a really, really interesting thing because he would kind of be retracing Favre's path, you know traded to the Jets and the Jets they have the cap space to deal with Aaron Rodgers' contract. They have a good defense. They've got a lot of weapons um that they could put around him. That that would be an interesting one. But we'll talk about that all that in the off season. Um before I get into kind of what what my thoughts were about uh, what the Packers could or should do the rest of the year, I just want to take a quick break for our sponsors. I'll be right back.
1: Anyways, that's arena club.com slash packdaddy for ten percent off your first purchase.
0: All right, we are back. You know, we kinda of covered the Eagles, the loss of the Eagles, some of the main uh points from that game, main main takeaways from that game. So I want to talk about you know, what does Green Bay doing go what what does Green Bay do going forward? Right? Do they sit Aaron Rodgers? Do they fire Joe Barry? You know, what 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 exactly what are the paths that they should take? And the Aaron Rodgers one, we'll start there. You know, is is an interesting one. He said that you know, as long as they aren't mathematically eliminated, he wants to play. And Malafoura said that, basically said that as well. And I can kind of understand. I know that some people, you know, we want to see love. We want to, even if Rodgers is coming back, you know, playing love can have benefits. Whether. You know, it's to evaluate him for whether that we want to keep him on board to be the long-term starter, or you know, to build up hype for for a trade. Um, there there are benefits, you know, whichever way, whether we keep or Aaron Rodgers, we keep Rodgers, or whether he retires, there it's pretty clear cut that there are benefits that they're going to be the the most beneficial path at this point, since the Packers are probably not going to make the playoffs, is to play low, but. One thing I do know, I've heard from coaches, you know, people who've actually been in the NFL, tanking is probably one of the best ways to create a toxic locker room. And you know, we don't know exactly what the atmosphere is in the Packers locker room. Obviously, it's not you know fine and dandy when they've been losing so many games, but I can imagine a scenario where some players would feel like if they're still mathematically in play for for the postseason that they would feel like if the Packers shut Aaron Rodgers down while they're still in that in that position they would feel like that's tanking and I would you know I think it's you know really wise to avoid that at at whatever cost I mean I know people want to fans want to tank for draft picks that's never good for the culture of a team to just purposefully lose winning if you can win that's Probably gonna give you at least as much benefit, if not more, than you know, one or two higher spots in the draft order. Packers are still gonna lose some games. I mean, they they've got the Dolphins. They're probably gonna to lose to the Vikings again. Um, they they still don't. You know, they probably st- they won't like go on a run I, at the end of the season. But I think that it makes sense for them to play Aaron Rodgers at, at least. You know, for another game or two. I I would say it's it's a good. Good way to do it is just play him for the Bears game. You know, have the bye week. He'll probably be pretty much. You know, I mean, they're already pretty much eliminated, but the the door will be closed even more uh, by the end of this week. And you know, then you have the bye week. You can prepare Jordan Love to face the Rams, get him out on the field, and just evaluate him for the last four four games or so. Um, so I think that I I know some people. Want to play him out the rest of the season? You know, if this is the last season for uh with him in the Packers in a Packers uniform, I mean that makes sense. I, I can understand that. I can also understand people wanting to just sit him at this point. You know, we want to see Jordan Love, whether it's to you know build up trade value or to see a glimpse possibly of our, what the future is going to look like. But I think that this is. Probably a, a good compromise between the two sides, between the two debates. Um, now with Joe Barry, you know, going back, kind of talked about just how disappointing the defense has been. I mean, I think he should be fired at some point, and I think he will be. Um, Aaron R- or Matt Lafleur has, you know, I, I don't think he'll, you know, keep Joe Barry. At this point, I I, I think I think Lafleur is smart. I mean, I know he gets, you know, some people question just how much he's a people pleaser. I think I kind of tend to disagree with that. I think that there's a lot of different factors that have led to him not not really being in a position to have that same like CEO executive style of. Head coaching uh, style or power, just because you know I kind of talked about a uh, to response to a question on Twitter today. He, oh, you know, from the start, he kind of had a a player driven culture. You know, he he recognized, and I think this was the right decision that coming into Green Bay, he wasn't going to be able to take you know the the Mike Vray or the the Vrabel approach where he was just like the CEO, everyone, you know, he did what they told him, didn't ever question his authority. He recognized he couldn't take that tack with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is an experienced guy. He's a guy who wants a say. And I think that, you know, if Matt LaFour had tried to be Mike Vrabel or, or that style of coach, I think it would have gone badly. I think that this, you know, this, method of coaching where it's, it's more of a partnership between him, between him and Rodgers. I think that it's a big reason the Packers have had success these last couple of years. But now, you know, this, there seems to be, at least in my opinion, I know people disagree with this, um, there seems to be some some conflicting ideas about how the office should be run, you know, at times, especially, you know, that stretch with the Jets, the Lions, the Washington Commanders, there there were kind of times where it looked more like an old Mike McCarthy offense where stuff wasn't really structured together, right? The the runs weren't tied in with the passing game. They they kind of went more to shotgun, more to spread concepts, that kind of thing. Um, it feels like there's been a bit, little bit of conflict there. And I think that's also the reason, right, you know, well, one of the reasons why Malifor can't just, you know, sit Aaron Rodgers, right? He Ram Rodgers just because of the decisions that not just Matt LaFleur has made, but the front office as well by signing him to become the the highest paid QB in the NFL uh, based on average uh average cap average salary per year and you know bringing him into personnel decisions. I mean, I think that those things are not necessarily bad in a vacuum, but it feels like in this case they've contributed to Aaron Rodgers having a lot of leverage in the Packers, with the Packers organization, with the Packers leadership, and so that I mean, I can understand why they made those decisions. Decisions, and I don't necessarily disagree with them. It's a really hard situation to be in. I mean, it's I think it's just a an inherent risk. Um, I honestly, I I don't think that Matt Lafleur is like some you know, pansy, wimpy man who just lets people walk all over him. I think he's in a tough situation. I think he's trying to balance a a lot of different personalities. Aaron Rodgers, you know, (laughs) he's a complicated fella. You know, he, I think the Malfour has done a really good job developing a relationship with him or good working relationship with him. That seems, you know, unfortunately just this year, it seems to have deteriorated a bit or there's some frustration between the two of them and, Malafour isn't really able to, you know, I, I'm not sure if this kind of relationship, if if it can be changed while Aaron Rodgers is still in the building. Um, I think that that's, I, I mean, I I'm not a coach, but that's just kind of the way I see it. I think that has been much more the result of a long process of understandable, logical decisions that have just not, you know, turned out. Well, this year, I think they have played a big part in the Packers success the last couple of years. And so I guess there's pros, there's pros and cons, I think, to how for you know, where, where the power structure is and kind of how things have been put together. Um, But anyway, that was kind of a long, long ramble about that. But anyway, I think that, yeah, I think that after this, this Bears game, you know, let Rogers play that out. Always loves playing the Bears. You know, they'll probably get the win there and then i I would say sit him uh the other side of this is if he is gonna be the starter for the future, you don't want to risk him getting injured again because you know what if he you know, tears his a c l because he he can't move around in the pocket as much um and he's out for the first couple months of next year that would be kind of disastrous, and he's getting up there in age this is this is a risk I think that if you want to keep him healthy you got to take an opportunity like this to let him let his body heal let let things just kind of settle and just kind of let him return to normal um otherwise i think you risk him you know getting injured more um and again you know kind of the other side of the jordan love conversation if they decide to trade trade rogers again you want to avoid injury for that but I, i think that yeah the the best course of action would probably be to play him this game Make sure, you know, show the players that you're still, <clears throat> you still value, you're still trying to win. You're not trying to tank the season, but then, you know, just see we have and love the rest of the season. Um, I think I was originally talking about firing Joe Barry, actually. I, I kind of went on a rant there, but anyway, so Barry, I think that he should be fired, but I think that it's going to happen at the end of the year, and I think it's going to be not just him, but probably most of the defensive coaching staff as well. Um I think that they need a cultural reset. I don't think that I mean miscommunications in the secondary. That's on Jerry Grey just as much as it's on uh Joe Barry. We we see, you know, guys you know, playing badly on the defensive line or at inside linebacker, you know, Devandre Campbell taking a step back. That's on the position coaches as well as the defensive coordinator. I, I think that the Packers really need to bring in a whole new staff um feels like retreads, you know, that's kind of run its course and we need to just get some new blood, get some new ideas, get some new discipline and fire in the building to hopefully help that defense play up to expectations a little bit more. And I guess my reasoning behind why I think they should fire him at the end of the year. You don't want to, you know, say say they fire Barry bring, have uh, promote Jerry to Jerry Gray to interim DC. And Jerry Gray, you know, he looks, his defense looks really good against like the Bears and the Rams. And then they just kind of sputter out and go back to being mediocre. You know, what happens if some players, you know, really like Jerry Gray and they feel like, oh, you know, he had these success in these couple games. Let's give him a shot. He should be the new defensive coordinator. You're, you're muddying the waters a bit. And I, I think you're creating tension and conflict where you don't need to. I think that the best course of action is just to kind of fire them all and then at the end of the year um I think there's some defensive personnel Adrian Amos probably isn't getting getting resigned um I mean Dean is probably getting cut just names like that you'll probably see leave and just I I think they just, they just need a reset and I think that probably waiting till the end of the season is the best way to just cut stuff off cleanly not drag it out or muddy the waters at all the the last thing I I think that the Packers should do for the the end you know as they kind of look to play out the rest of the games this season and this is kind of obvious but play play your young guys I don't need to see Randall Cobb out there I mean you probably have to play give him some snaps just to have enough wide receivers on the field you know as you rotate guys in and out I want to see Toure. I want to see Watson I want to see Dobbs. I want to see those young guys. Just give them all the reps that they can handle. I want to see Devontae Wyatt. And we don't need to see Dean Lowry. I mean, we probably don't even need to see Jaron Reed at this point. But give Wyatt more snaps. Give TJ Slayton more snaps. You know, give your young outside linebackers some more snaps. Uh, Kingsley Annabari is basically already starting. But, you know, maybe mix in Justin Hollins a little bit more instead of Preston Smith. See what he has. And Justin Hollins, you know, had a sack. Had some nice plays against the Eagles. See what you got there. Um, you know, keep playing Keyshawn Nixon. You know, Darnell Savage went out with an injury, and he had basically been demoted to a dime defensive back uh, in in the Eagles game before he went out. And so, yeah, see what you have in Nixon. See what you have in Shamar John Charles if he ever comes back from being injured. Um, just just look at those young guys. I think look at those young guys. Get, I want to see Josiah DeGuara. Give him some reps. Give some more reps. Just let's see what we have in the young talent. Let's see who got who is good, who needs to work. And I think, you know, more reps, especially for guys like Wyatt who you know, still pretty raw in terms of NFL experience. They those reps can only help them, I think. Um, yeah. That that's kind of all I got, you know, just Th I think there's still going to be some some interesting some interesting things to watch. Uh, it sucks that the Packer season has gone the way it has, but hopefully we get a look at some of you know what the future might look like, and hopefully we see see some good stuff from that. Uh, but I, I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics podcast on the PackerNet podcast network, and I will see you again soon.